Hey, good people. Davia here. Welcome to another episode of Tales from the Shaker, a Davia Williams Stevenson podcast. Y'all, you know, I'm excited every time I get a chance to talk to somebody. And, and every week I'm like, I can't wait to, you know, and this is true. This is my girl, my girl, Dr. Laura Espibel. who's like, quit calling me that, but that's what you are. And you've earned all of that. And I'm going <clears> to <throat> read a little bit of her bio, but I want you to get to know her. And I want to get, I want you to see her heart. And I want you to see her humor. And um, I think you'll be inspired by how mission is formed um, in her. So she's a doctor of emergency medicine. And there's a lot of um, letters that I don't know what they mean. Um, M-D-M-H-A-F-A-C-E-P, a native of Columbus, Ohio, a graduate of Spelman College. Um, got a, quite a history, a family history with Spelman. Yes. Uh, family history with your sorority. She's an AKA. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have AKA friends, y'all. It's all good. <laughs> um, she has a bachelor's in economics um, and uh, what, your master's of healthcare administration from University of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I learned that. I didn't know any of that. Um, boy, I'm skipping stuff around. S- Laura S.B. Bell knew very early in her career that she wanted to directly touch the lives of individual patients. However, she had a strong desire to impact a greater population. And as a result, she's pursued a career that would afford her the opportunity to pursue both hospital administration and clinical medicine. She chose to specialize in emergency medicine, and it gave her the opportunity to affect the change in lives, um, change and live out her life's mission of directly touching the lives of patients in the same community that raised her. You answered one of my main questions already <laughs> in this bio. Um, she has a passion, I know, for leadership. For mentorship. Um, she is one of those loyal, ride or die, I got you friends. Also, in your face, correct your ish friends. <laughs> so there's been that as well. And I love it. That's all love for me. Thank you for coming. I'm going to do my best to um, um, highlight what you're about, but I'm also just going to enjoy looking at your beautiful face and Aww. hanging out and having a drink and talking about some things. Oh, okay with that. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, you know, ever since pleasure. you started this podcast, I was hoping I could one day be a part of it. And so just to see this and be here, it is an absolute privilege. Thank you. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't just say, when am I coming? Fix this for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel honored. There may have been a little bit of that. There may have been a little bit of that. You didn't do any of that. So <laughs> no, I am, I am glad you're here. I tell you the, the reality of what you do in emergency medicine actually hit as you came today, getting alerts on your phone that there was a mass casualty near your, near your home. Actually, is that is, I don't know which hospital you work in. I think you mm-hmm. go, you go through a move through a couple of right. different locations, mm-hmm. right? With the Ohio health system. But I think a mass casualty, you, you, you see that in the news, you know, what happens on TV. Sometimes it touches you personally, but you, you're a first responder. You respond. You save lives. You treat people in unimaginable situations. Some. Mm-hmm. Imagine you also treat some people in some self-imposed situations. <laughs> that part. I sent you something. I sent you something the other day. Like, is this a thing? It's a thing, girl. Um, but I, what? I don't even know how to ask this question. Do you have to, in some way, separate your humanity from your professionalism to respond to that? Um, At times, you know, emergency medicine is the kind of career that you just never know what's coming through the door. You have to stay ready. Um, You can't 
take the time to get ready. You have to stay ready. And so for me, it is a career that is very fulfilling and that I'm able to um, be a chameleon somewhat. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I walk in one room and maybe the CEO of a large healthcare organization and I walk in another room and it may be a homeless person. And so being able to communicate with all different kinds of peoples and meet people where they are. Um, being able to run a code on a patient whose heart stopped beating and then 10 minutes later be able to talk to a kid that has an ear infection. And so there's definitely a lot of compartmentalization in terms of um, being authentic in a space, but also um, being about your business and being able to save lives and communicate in a way where people can understand. So, you know, it's a fulfilling career. It's stressful. I always talk about how my drive home is always my time to decompress. And so after I've had a hard shift at work or a challenging day, I take my drive home to kind of transition to be able to show up for my kids when I walk through the door because they're not worried about what I dealt with. They just want me to show up completely and authentically and be their mom when I walk through that door. And so, you know, that's kind of my time to kind of decompress and kind of separate it all. But I don't know that you fully ever do that. You know, there times that, you know, I lose sleep at night because I'm like worried about a patient or, you know, thinking about, you know, if I would have made a different decision or if I would acted quicker, you know, would there have been a different outcome? But, you know, every day I show up, I show up ready. I show up willing and able. I show up with my complete heart that I'm able to share with you if you've lost a loved one. And, um, you know, it's just part of who I am just at my core. So I love it. I don't think there's any other career that's better than emergency medicine. Wow. I, I love that. I want, if I have to be in the emergency room, I want you to be my doctor. Right. You know, that one that cares about me, the individual that can have a conversation regardless. The toll, mm -hmm. um, there's, there's a scripture that talks about not being a respecter of persons. My mom was like that. She could talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. She could talk to somebody on the street, give them the same kind of dignity and respect that somebody in a, in a C-suite. And I see that in you as well. Right. My mother was yeah. like that too. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's who I got it from. Yeah. And, you know, when I go to work every day, I, I do realize that, you know, it's not lost on me that it's a privilege to be a physician, not only a physician, but to be a black physician and to work in a community that looks like me. Yeah. And so when I go to work every day, I don't just represent myself. I represent my ancestors, I represent my grandparents, I represent my mother, my father, my entire family, and my children um, when I show up. And so, you know, it's always such a grateful feeling when you walk into a room and you take care of a person of color and they look at you and they're just so gracious and so glad that you were going to be the person caring for them. So, you know, it's a blessing. Yeah. Um, lots of people don't ever find that in their career where they can find something that fulfills them in that way. And so for that, I'm so thankful. That's amazing. You, you talk about all that you represent, right? Your family, your ancestors, your ethnicity, your gender, right? All of those things. And you talk about the joy of it, but is there pressure? Like, do you, what is that? Do you feel the, all the here's the cloud of witnesses, yeah. all the people mm -hmm. that um, I need to show up and, and be excellent for in this right. moment? Is that, does it ever feel heavy? It does, you know, but I don't think that that's different from any other um, 
career or, you know, woman of color that feels that pressure to have to be three times better than the next just to be looked at as being equal. And so, you know, Spellman really poured into me a lot. And I think that's where I got in a lot of my confidence of being able to handle that pressure. Uh, you know, when, when you walk in the room and what I tell my daughter, Kendall, all the time, put your chin up. When you walk in the room, you are just as capable, you are smarter, you are intelligent, you are more than enough. And so sometimes you have to remind yourself that, you know, we, a lot of times, even as high achieving women, we'll get in these places where you may not necessarily feel that you belong or that you don't, you know, hold a candle to the room. So sometimes it just takes you looking in the mirror and reminding yourself who you are. And sometimes I have to do that, but whatever it takes, whatever it takes. There's a... Uh, you often quote your father, um, an SB. He was a state rep. What was his? He was a state senator. State senator mm-hmm. uh, many years ago. But what is what is the quote? If it is to be, if it is to be, it's up to me. Yes. And so I use that same quote for my made for medicine program that basically says that if it's something that can happen, it's up to you to make that happen. Um, and, you know, I pull that in a lot of different spaces in my life, but I think it's also to encourage young black youth in general that, you know, whatever your dream is, it's up to you to make that happen. And so it's something that I've always lived by for sure. So let's talk about made for medicine. Then. Sure. All right. I, I love this program. Um, um, first of all, tell me like, what was, tell me the impetus where the passion came, how you how you knew this was who the population you wanted to um, embody or what's the word I'm looking for? Embrace. Embrace. Mm-hmm. That's the word I'm looking for. Tell me about it. So made for medicine has always been a lifelong dream of mine for sure. Um, I believe that um, as people that have had the opportunity to become physicians, you know, we can easily just ride off into the sunset and make good money and travel and just use that for your own internal um, good. Um, I don't believe that. I think that once you get to a certain level, you have a responsibility to give back and to reach back to change what the future looks like. And so a lot of this came from my experience as a resident at all, um, when I was in training to be um, a physician. I was the only person of color throughout my entire training. Um, and then more recently, um, the statistics I've been paying more attention to over the past 10 years or so, uh, the proportion of Black physicians that are in the United States. So there are more Black male physicians in 1983 than there are today, which is outrageous to me. Yeah. Do you, what are the factors? Do you know? Well, you know, they, there's a lot of factors, whether that's, you know, um, changes and just generational changes, um, the generational values. Um, some of the studies have even looked at, you know, incarceration rate of young black males. Um, I'm sure it's multifactorial, yeah. but to me, that was striking to me to know that, um, out of all the physicians in the United States, only 5.8% are black and only 2.7% are black women. So, you know, I consider myself a unicorn because yeah. there's not very many of yeah. us. And so I said, that's not going to be our future. And what can I personally do to change our future? And so with that, if it is to be, it's up to me. And so that's why I created the Made for Medicine program. It's for Black youth in our city to be exposed to careers in medicine. We support them from sixth grade all the way through high school um, and try to engage them, teach them all we can about medicine in hopes that they will return to Central Ohio and practice medicine in the same community that raised them. 
And so hopefully for our community, you know, our community will look different 15, 20 years from now. So when you go see a surgeon or have your baby or want to take your kid to a pediatrician or, you know, want to go to um, an OBGYN, that you can have a physician that looks like you. You know, it matters. It matters. It matters. matters. You know, studies have shown that people of color, you know, they have better outcomes when they're treated by physicians of color. They have their pain is treated better when they have someone that's their their same race. Um, They um, have um, a higher compliance rate for even just listening to what the doctor is recommending for them to do. So at the end of the day, you know, it's going to change lives. It's going to improve health outcomes. And so if I can play a little part and changing that, that's what I'm going to do. You are so consistent. The, no, you're, Why do you say that? Because you're, <laughs> you're a gatherer. Mm-hmm. You bring people together. You look for a like mission. Um, I see that mission carrying out not only in Made for Medicine, but in the other group you started, the Columbus Black Physicians, creating community. Right. I'm going to share a personal story. I won't use the names. But this was Uh-oh. so, no, it's, it's, it speaks to who you are. You have another really good friend. Yes. Who's been going through some things. And I was going through some things. Mm-hmm. There are different things that we're going through, but you love us both. And you said, I can't give either one of you what you need, but you have, but each of you have what the other needs. Right. I need to get you together. Right. And people don't do that, Laura, not from people that are that close to their heart. There's a often insecurity will keep you from doing that. Now you did say, and I quote, <laughs> y'all can't get together without y'all me. Y'all can't be doing no best friend shit without, without me. <laughs> Which I love, but that, that thing, that thing in your heart that brings people together is just beautiful. If it is to be, look, you got something and you've got something and I don't have it for you. Right. And so let's get you to the people that have it for you. And I think it's, it's, you for each other. I thought that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thank you for that. It's a, it's a beautiful connection. Right. Um, but that is how you are. Right. I see you doing that all the time. What is it about community that, that you see such value in that you, that you make that happen all the time? What is that? Well, I learned that from my mother. You know, my mother was a connector. She was the, the, kind of person that was everyone's best friend. And so, you know, just seeing how she moved in certain spaces, seeing how she connected people and seeing how she loved on others and was kind in every situation, authentic in every circle was what I choose to emulate. And so if I could be a portion of who she was as a person, then to me, that is success for me. That's the ultimate success. And so, you know, she believed in women. She believed that women can do anything. And she taught myself and all three of my sisters that whatever you want in life, you can make that happen. And, you know, as long as you keep God first and, you know, you keep your values and you remember what's important, that you can, you know, accomplish any um, tasks in front of you. And so, you know, she used to do something called a gathering of women where she would just connect good women. So, you know, these women didn't have to have certain titles. You didn't have to come from a certain community to be in part of this group. It was just about women that she met along the way that inspired her in some way, whether that was her hairdresser, was it whether it was her nail tech or was it whether it was her CEO best friend. She brought them together because she felt that each of these women could offer them each other something else, whether it's a support network or whatever that may be. And so for me, you know, I've always wanted to continue in that legacy 
whether that is a large event or if it's just a friendship. And so the situation you're discussing, (laughs) you're right. I felt like, you know, these are two very good friends of mine that have two very different challenges in their lives. But I think that the two of you need what the other one has to offer. And so that may not be me in that moment. So I felt like if I connected the two, that maybe that would be a good support network for you. So just being open to that, you know, sometimes women, we can be very, uh, very, um, territorial, territorial well. yeah, over yeah. our friendships, which yeah. I am like, don't yeah. get me wrong. No, I still, I, <laughs> I, I still am very territorial, but, but I do also think it's important in a safe space where we are now that we don't talk enough about what challenges us. And you may never know that someone else mm-hmm. in your same circle may be going through that same thing, but because we're not discussing it, you would never know that. So, you know, with both of your permission, we were able to make that connection. I'm just so glad that you were able to gain something from that to help oh, you. Yeah. She's, she's lovely. Yes. So, um, no, I, I love that. But I just think about, as I see you move through spaces, like that is what you do. I didn't know your mother. I'd met her many times. Didn't know her like everybody else knows her. Mm-hmm. I met her a couple of times. We were in an organization together and I saw her move. I knew the kind of respect that she had and, and, and love that she had and, and authority. That little bitty woman. Little <laughs> she was a powerhouse. Woman. She was a powerhouse. She had authority. And, um, what a legacy to to carry. I think it's beautiful. And I, I, I love that you, I learned this from my mother. I learned that from my mother. This is, I love that you honor her, not only with your words, but with your life. Um, you know, the therapist in me is always like, okay, so you're doing you or you're doing what you think you're supposed to do? Is it duty or is it is it how you feel, how you move? Is it authentic to you? Mm-hmm. And have you ever had to wrestle with that, with the legacy of, can I say her name, of Kathy Yeah, Espy, for sure. Um, and Ben Espy. Um, y'all, if there's such thing as black royalty in Columbus, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> oh, no, seriously. It's, but, but in the most, I've never heard a negative thing about either one of your parents have been mm-hmm. in 20 years. And I'm an outsider. Mm-hmm. So I would be a good recipient for gossip, right? Never, ever anything but admiration and respect um, Thank you. For your parents. Thank you. And uh, I, I wish I had gotten to know her. Um, but is it, I think about the weight sometimes of the, the balance between the weight of duty and expectation, uh, the internal motivation to succeed. You know, I, I had a, I talked with um, some young people, it's been a few years ago now, um, Jack and Jill. Mm-hmm. And there were a number of things we touched on, but some of them, they, uh, many of those young people had such anxiety. They were so afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. It came from successful parents who put in a lot of resources, and a lot of processes for them to have the best, to put down some, to knock down barriers. And they were terrified of failing. Some of them were. And talk about that. I want to talk with the mothers about that. Too, yeah. You know? Is that a thing for you? Are you concerned about that for your children? You know, my parents always gave me a safe place to just be, to be normal, to um, to have um, failures, to learn from those mistakes, to take the lessons and make a better decision the next time. So, you know, I honestly, you know, think if I did have that pressure, it was good pressure. And 
I grew up in that environment of service and of giving back, you know, with my father with the Columbus Youth Corps, which he invested in for many years of giving back to inner city kids. And my mom, um, with everything that she did with Mount Carmel College of Nursing and Black Nursing and changing diversity in nursing care. Um, and, you know, so it was inbred in me of that's who I am. So for as long as I remember, that is just what you did. What you did. You know, you achieved, but you also did what you could to serve. And so, you know, I don't think it was a negative pressure. You know, maybe there was this pressure of um, achieving to make sure that I am living out that mission or being a reflection of who they were. But, you know, I think it was just inbred into me. And, you know, but I also was a normal kid. You know, I got in trouble. <laughs> I talked back in middle school. You know, I, I, you know, I plenty of time. Girl, <laughs> we won't share those stories. We won't share those stories. But <laughs> I had an opinion and I wanted everyone to know I'll that I had an opinion. Okay. Um, and so, you know, instead of reprimanding me and saying, be quiet, it was use your voice for good. If you're going to speak up, this is how you communicate. This is how you do it in a professional manner. This is how you have a conversation with an adult. And so, you know, a lot of those life lessons along the way, you know, they took what I would picture as a mistake and turned that into a lesson. And so, you know, I didn't have that um, that life where I think a lot of people think I had where, you know, things were just handed to me. You know, I worked every summer. I, um, you know, had some kind of job every summer when I was coming back from high school, I mean, coming back from college. And so, you know, I had to, you know, put the work in myself so that I can understand the value of a dollar, but also learn that work ethic. And so, you know, my parents were good at balancing, I think, the lifestyle. So you got another great thing to emulate with your three beautiful children. Yes. Who also seem to be picking up that... That mantle, doing well in school, making friends, mm-hmm. you know, is is um, your oldest. Is she doing the Made for Medicine program? She is. She so is. she's in ninth grade. Yeah. She was in our very first cohort for Made for Medicine okay. and enjoys it. Sometimes she thinks she's the founder, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Wait your turn. Wait your right. Turn. You know, yeah. and Kendall yeah. is my oldest and Jackson and Ellis are my boys. Yeah. And so they're still trying to figure it out. They're young um, of what they want to do. But, you know, my hope is that, you know, the reflections of my mother, you know, transcends in to them. So well, and of their mother, of their mother, you know, for sure, they have place. I laugh about or tease you about. Is there any awards left for you to get? <laughs> oh, the new one. They made this one up. This one. I'm, I'm so proud of you as my friend. I'm Thank so you. proud of you. Um, and I'm grateful that I get to experience the other side as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the fun, carefree. Um, sassy Laura, you know, I love that. I love that. If there were, I love the way that you uh, expressed the legacy of your mother and of your father. And so I know that, that, that thinking is part of what you do, right? There's a lot of tradition in your family, you know, um, you know, generations of membership in some of the same organizations, Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff carry on. Um, do you think about what a couple of sentences might be a good legacy for you, the legacy you'd want to leave? What what would you want people to think? That's a really deep question, Davia. Um, 
You know, I just think at the end of the day, I just want to, my mom used to say this all the time. She used to say, you know, at the end of the day, you can't take all of the money and the cars and the the homes and all of these tangible things that you've acquired in your lifetime. All you leave is your spirit. That is all you leave when you leave this this place. And so you want to make sure that you're leaving your spirit, you know, whether that's in your children or if it's in, you know, your legacy of what you've created or in your memory of um, just the imprint that you've left on the community. That's all that's left at the end of the day. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I want people to um, look at me as a person that allowed God to use me in full purpose. And, you know, I want to be remembered as someone who... Um, was authentic in every circle, that was kind, that, you know, showed up. That's important to me. That's that's my my epitome love language yeah. is to show up for those that you love, whether that is after a surgery or if it's during a hard time or if it's for an awards ceremony or whether it's just, you know, knocking on your door in the middle of the night because I know you need me. That to me is important. And so I try to show up for those that I love all the time. And so I just, you know, would like to be remembered for those things. No doubt. That is a long time. You're young. We're going <laughs> to, there's a lot more to do. So we're not talking about your end of life, but you know, you live with the end in mind. Right. right. All yeah. the time. And especially in emergency medicine, you're oh always gosh, thinking yeah. of that. Yeah, so all the time. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. For sure. For sure. I have no doubt, like no doubt <laughs> in the way that you show up for your patients for your family, for your friends, that that will be a, a, a marquee of your legacy. I have no doubt. Right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. Now, usually when we get together and have a drink, um, it's not on camera. So um, we're keeping it light and fresh and proper today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's early. We're, we're shooting early today. I don't know when it's released in the evening, so you don't really know what time of day it is. So we just did a very simple mimosa. Um, I use... Um, Lamarca Prosecco. I, I tend to like Prosecco more than champagne for my mimosas. Some cranberry juice. You know, I always try to make it pretty. Popped in a few cranberries and a sprig of rosemary just to get in the way, but look pretty. Um, <laughs> so cheers, my friend. Cheers. It's a great conversation. I don't know if you can reach each other. That's okay. All right. Then we got a sip. Thank you for who you are, for all that you do, for all that you be and how you be it. <laughs> And for taking some time today and out of, I know, of a very busy life. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is lots of fun. All right, good people. Hope you enjoyed this All right, bye, good people. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you heard something that inspired you to shake some things up in your own life. Because what? If it is to be. It's up to me. It's up to me. I love it.